Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia Welcome to Mixed Bag, where we review the mixed, muddled, meh, and mediocre movies of film history. I'm Cassandra. I'm James. And I'm Matt. And welcome to our coven. No, I don't know. <laughs> Joining us today from the US of A, we have actor, writer, sponsorship and fundraising guru, theater <laughs> practitioner, conversationalist, and if you had to rate him, you'd have to say he was two tens. That's a little reference for the summer Shakespeare folk out there. Kevin Kahn. Whoa. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Hello, hello, Kia ora. I'm Kevin, coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Big fan of the show, longtime friend, first time guest. So excited yeah, to be here. Yeah, first time international guest yeah. as well for we're, us. We're, we're hitting the international scene now, guys. Like we've I hit know, the big we've time. gone big. Yeah. So you might have caught uh, Kevin if you went and saw the summer Shakespeare production of uh, 2018. In Wellington. <laughs> playing the immortal role in Wellington. The immortal role of Balthazar. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> where he was... Deeply um, demanding. What did Balthazar want <laughs> to get? He wanted to get in the door, right? Yeah, yeah. Big, uh, big scene. Act two, scene one. Um, if you uh, big fan of doors. Yeah, if you were lucky. Uh, there's uh, a big door scene. Yep, yep. That was pretty much my main motivation. I think I really <laughs> took the five months of uh, preparation and uh, it really embodied the best I could. So if you were lucky enough to I see it, no, but I mean, it was an ensemble uh, group. I mean, like. That was a great production where what I, I show got to... It? I mean, I definitely saw the show, but I forgot oh, which show. The Comedy, comedy of Errors. Errors. I don't um, think James said the we name don't of really, the show. We, we just, don't go by names. We, we don't care about that stuff here. into context. I mean, The Comedy of Errors is just an alternative title for this podcast, so... I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was directed by Sam Phillips, and uh, Kevin and I uh, worked together on it. It was great fun. Um, and yeah, there was so much like fun ensemble stuff, so even though we're having a, having a jest, we were creating the city of Ephesus altogether. In, in the car park. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, okay. was, that was really cool. How's the... I mean, it's kind of a pretty scary kind of subject, but uh, I don't know if we want to just skip over it. How, how are you going in, in Chicago? Uh, yeah, no, Chicago is definitely one of kind of the epicenters for the coronavirus in the United States, so it's been interesting to kind of see things from that perspective and i am actually working at a grocery store at a local trader joe's so um kind of got to see the entire arc of the virus and like kind of how it played out in the city and seeing people go from you know kind of a hectic panic to kind of settling into the new normal and now a general level of acceptance and like a little bit of hope so it's uh I've definitely been thankful to be where I am, thankful to be healthy, and it's definitely uh, not the Chicago experience I signed up for, but it's the one that I got, <laughs> and uh, here mm. we are. And I'm sure a lot of people are really thankful for you for being on the Absolutely. front lines. Absolutely. Mm. That's good to know that, you know, there's some hope, um, you know, burgeoning in, in the community in, in, yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, it's great. It's very strange um, watching so much international news from New Zealand where things are, you know, on pretty 
pretty much like if not completely back to normal um a yeah. lot more relaxed now you kind of take it for of, granted yeah. how like you know we're booking haircuts and like i just had my first kind of like you know interaction in a pub yesterday and yeah, that was weird you can go out and see i know friends. it's weird um but you know hopefully the rest of the world um you know sorts itself out and 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 you know yeah everybody else will be in the same position absolutely soon, soon hopefully yeah absolutely. no it's yeah. it's hard not to tune into new zealand twitter sometimes with a little nostalgic eye and be like <laughs> ah how nice <laughs> does that sound right now <laughs> uh what other news have, we, have been has been going on we we had a little uh um uh, event oh. uh, happen two little events which we'll just quickly flag and then move on because we're James uh, says it like he's going to announce a pregnancy uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little event um, Cass got uh, an award for from the Auckland I didn't get an award I got a, a residency grant. and grant <laughs> um, but anyway I'm going to go up to Auckland but and you were awarded, do some research so. from the um, Auckland Museum which is pretty cool uh, so I get to, yeah, use their collection. Um, I get to stay at the Michael King Writers' Centre, which is a really awesome residency place, which I've really wanted to go to for a, a long time. So I'm really, really grateful for that opportunity. Um, it's very exciting and sort of working on a new play at the moment, and I think that's going to be really helpful. I love that. Yeah. I just, like, keep thing. imagining you just living in the museum. I know you're not going to be living in the museum, <laughs> but yeah, that would be amazing. It might be the thing where I turn stellar. up and then, like, the doors will just sort of ominously close behind yeah. me, and then I'm like, oh, no, I'm trapped inside <laughs> for the next four weeks. Yeah. Um, but I do know that at the Writers' Centre there is a pet cat, and that is one of the nice. things I'm most excited for. Uh, for the residents, do we have I a have name yet? Or I don't know. I oh. to, uh, shout out to uh, you know friend Fitty, uh, Fitty Hiriaka, friend of the podcast and long time uh, multi multi time resident at the Michael King Writers Centre, who has posted a lot of Twitter pictures of this cat. Um, ask her. Yeah, motion. I will ask her what the cat's name is. Amazing. <laughs> motion to have all residencies have a resident pet. I think that's I essential. Think so. And they all should have like good. a very literary literary name, like you know. Yeah. You know. Albus. Would, yeah, Albus. <laughs> <laughs> or Faulkner. Or <laughs> Faulkner the cat. Wild. I feel like Faulkner should be a falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel that's a good thing. You know, if you can't think of any ideas for your writing, at least you're like, okay, I fed the cat today, so I yeah. haven't got yeah. nothing done. Like, I, didn't. I got something done. <laughs> what if you went there and, like, obviously this isn't going to happen to you because you're a very organized person and you, like, don't finish what you're doing and you kill the, the pet that's like then the that's, worst yeah, that's, case that's when they close the entire residency like, down because it's now bad life. luck yeah. it's actually it's now been cursed yeah. we have to actually close it refurbish the entire interior before we can reopen it without the bad juju of this failed book yeah uh, well yeah. that's very exciting news yeah and what's, and what's other, the other one our other piece of piece of news is that our five-part audio drama experience um, Apocalypse Songs has been funded by Wellington City Council and CNZ. Yeah, so that's very exciting for all of you who listen to this who are podcast listeners. Um, so we're going to be, this is a five-part supernatural thriller series that I wrote um, a little while ago. James is going to direct mm -hmm. and we have music from the fabulous Katie Morton. Um, and yeah, it's going to be out on Radioactive from July um, but we're going to be putting it out on a podcast feed as well so 
stay tuned for that. Um, we might also end up dropping a surprise episode of it in this feed to uh, encourage you guys to take a listen. It will be Ooh. incredibly different from this. It will be and very different. If, do you like do you like structure? Have you been really annoyed yeah. this entire time because we never do any structured uh, written lines? Then you're going to love this podcast. When we introduce <laughs> the show without saying its name. <laughs> Please. Hopefully that isn't a mixed bag. Uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, we, we'll look forward to your reviews and, and ratings from it, just as we always do on Mixed Bag as well. Yes. That's a nice little reminder that you can go right on Apple Podcasts right now and rate us. How are we doing this episode? I think it's pretty great. Yeah. I'm, on, you a, do, I'm on a 3.5 at the moment, but, you know, it could go up to <laughs> a, a 5. It could go up. I've actually pretty, been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, look, I have, yeah, I've just, you know, gone out and um, saw a couple of friends, which is really nice. I actually haven't seen James and Cass physically for a long time, so like we might we might do that for our next recording. We'll see. We'll see. We're how pretty it excited goes. for yeah. our first yeah. we'll our first live podcast record to kick for off our while, next season, yeah. maybe. Mm. Oh, that's true. You know, true. I'm just eating my popcorn in anticipation for that next yeah. season. You know what else pops? This corner. Hey. Oh. oh, so smooth. Pop 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 corner. So, what have you guys uh, been up to in the, the media form of the question? <laughs> I didn't think about where that sentence was going to end when I started it. I just well, sort of started the sentence and hoped it would What have you guys somewhere. been watching? What have you guys been consuming? Uh, well, uh, we went to the cinemas again. Um, sorry, Kevin, oh, this is to like, yes. rub stuff in, <laughs> in, in the wounds. Um, yeah, everything we do is just a slight to our guest. <laughs> yeah. The um, cinemas have reopened here in Wellington. Yeah, um, so uh, last week I went and saw The Invisible Man, which was a horror. This week, I Cass saw and I that went... too. I saw oh, that you this did week. See it? I liked it. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Uh, yeah, I think it's just such a smart little um, uh, thriller. Uh, but this week we went and saw Emma, full stop, uh, which Matt has talked about in yeah. the past on the pod. I called it Emma, um, period, though, because it's, no. you know, it's more feminine well, that way. Yeah. <laughs> Emma full stop just has a, has a great That's room true. to it's, it. It's definitely, my... <laughs> um, yeah. It's also it's more, more British. Forceful, yeah. It's also more That's British. True. Period's the American way of saying yeah. full stop. And um, being forceful is Emma's game. Uh, it is really such a, like, a cool character study. Like, it's yeah. really good. I mean, the thing that I was saying, thinking coming out of um, watching Emma, which, yeah, I just really enjoyed, I thought was such a good adaptation. Yeah, um, so same. beautiful, so well cast, and so, like, well directed. Like, some lovely, like, shots and, like, cinematography in there. And then Eleanor Catton wrote the script, yep. which we didn't realise till we were in the cinema, um, who, you know, for those of you that are international listeners, f- famed New Zealand writer. Yeah, Booker uh, Prize winner. Hometown darling, Booker Prize winner, Eleanor Catton. The TV show is on right now, The yes. Luminaries. Um, but, yeah, I felt like watching Emma felt like it was sort of speaking to a broader trend in period filmmaking um, that, like, Little Women's a really good example Absolutely, of. Yeah. Of, like, okay, we can make uh, films that are set that are set in an older period that still feel, like, contemporary in their emotional uh, weight Absolutely, and, yeah. like, the way that people act towards each other. There isn't that kind of stiffness and formality that you see in so many old period adaptations. I think, I think a forerunner of this, actually, like, once you start talking about that, is um, Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. Like, that mm. felt very modern to me, the, the um, 
the relationship between um, Emma, Emma Thompson's acting as well, and, and obviously Kenneth Branagh as uh, Benedict. But yeah, I think performance-wise, it's just uh, now it's starting to feel like the camera is also allowed oh, yeah. to be more modern yeah. and more. Yeah, and I think the thing that I really liked about this, as opposed to like stuff where it's like different era clothing adaptations of Shakespeare and stuff like you know like rather than saying oh the only way that we can make Romeo and Juliet relatable to the teens is we're going to put them all in modern clothes and they're going to have instead of swords they're going to have guns Uh, that kind of attitude instead it's like okay we can set it in the period we cannot change any of the language to make it more modern but through the the power of these actors and these performances and the the, the way that it's shot yeah it's still going to be authentic and relatable in that way the tone and the vibe is light and frothy and whimsical it's it doesn't take itself too seriously it's having fun yeah. while um you know exploring this material often when people think of period pieces it's very like old and, and stodgy and you know you don't really like there's a, a population of people who refuse to see it because it does feel very dated but yeah. these films with little women and emma full stop make it feel alive and lively and, and relatable and and i think that I, as I said with Little Women, it, it approaches the text emotion first, and, and that's why it can mm. connect with, with the people who, who they're connecting to. And yeah. I'm sad that this got released early in the year, hopefully because I think a silver lining of this pandemic is that it th- did find an audience eventually because it's not competing mm. with anything at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I just love how, how seriously they take those emotions uh, that those characters are in. There's like some incredible scenes of just like uh, like huge uh, uh, kind of events in Emma's kind of life where she's able to recognize like the consequences of her actions like mm-hmm. it is light and frothy and that, then you start to see like she has to change and she actually has to grow that picnic and scene is really good I really the picnic it. scene's it's so heartbreaking because it's like oh you could I could just imagine a lesser adaptation treating yeah. it all for comedy and instead well, you're like oh it's so it's, sad it's definitely played differently <laughs> in the um, 1996 Gwyneth Paltrow version so it's not mm-hmm. as devastating it's different yeah, yeah. Um, what else have you guys been doing uh, that was my main thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've just been. I'll just check my my lists. But um, oh, there's a list. I yeah. Love list. Well, I checked out. Well, I decided to get into what the what Twitter's kind of into, and I saw these three words popping up quite a lot, and it was rain on me. Oh yeah, um, sure. And that's yeah today, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that's been the big big drop. <laughs> Have you heard this yet, Kevin? <laughs> I have never heard of this in my life. I have no idea what James is talking this about. This is um, the new Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande song that just dropped like less than a day ago. I played it uh, in the bed this morning. And um, I love that delivery <laughs> of how you just like approach that it was very like, hello, fellow kids. This is, <laughs> this is what you've oh, been I mean, that's, that's me to a T. <laughs> like, I recognize my brand. I embrace it. Um, yeah, it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, um, and it is... Is it a movie? What? No, it's a music video. It's, it's a music song. video. It's a um, music video. And <laughs> it's... Cass's disdain when she was like, oh, it's a music video. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in, like, this weird, like, cyberpunk, like, steam, like, gladiator yeah. kind of ring. Think, like, Mad Max, um, Thunderdome kind of vibe. Absolutely. Um, but and it's raining. It's absolutely drenched, as would be indicated from the title. Um, 
and I, I, I liked it. I liked the pairing of, of two of them. It, yeah. it didn't send that's me into like, shockwaves. It's an Italian-American power duo. Okay? <laughs> like, yeah. Although both of um, them, neither of them can really dance, but I love that they're like doing the choreography. They're making a attempt, but you know, they're not known for their dancing. And I feel like both of them are like singers with acting dreams, and they're and almost. Oh yeah, began. that's true. They're actually. Yeah, they began bad like, actors at yeah, all. Yeah, they began like in the acting realm, and yeah. even Lady Gaga was like auditioning for Rent when she was yeah. in her teens, when she was like illegal to do so. And yeah. I know Ariana, Ariana Grande is always doing like little skits through her Instagram and whatnot, yeah. and like yeah, playing different characters. Yeah, she was like characters. Disney Channel. She, she was right? like yeah. she started on Disney Channel as um, like a then, teen star, and then Lady Gaga started um, on that show, um, like that MTV. She was like guest. Um, she wasn't like right. it. She was like one of the prankies and like breakers or something. Like I can't remember. Like some what it MTV is. show yeah, MTV or something, show, right? I can't remember was, seeing this and being like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like an uncredited pool cleaner in The Sopranos. So she was like, yeah, she was a <laughs> working actress and like doing a beast. Yeah. So, so this is yeah. This has been the cinematic masterpiece that's been in the works for years, and they finally <laughs> finally brought the duo together. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually have one thing I realised, as I said, that I hadn't got anything else to share um, before you go, Matt, which is the game Firewatch from 2016, um, which I've been playing this week, um, which has a lot of fun. It's like a it's a walking simulator type game for those people that um, don't think of those in a pejorative manner. Um, You are a guy who is in a national park um, whose job is to make sure that fires don't happen in the park. And you walk around the park a lot, and you talk to a lady through your walkie-talkie, and that, the story unfolds. Kind of dope, actually. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, yeah. It's um, really like beautifully written, and the actual like visuals of it are just spectacular. Yeah, um, and I always got to shout out some good voice acting. And yes, it, and great voice acting. Beautiful voice acting all I, the way uh, through. I just looked up what the show was, and it was called Breaking Point. See, they had to like annoy someone to the point of breaking point. Uh, and I think, you know, like it's, I can't remember what the episode was. It's but, like yeah. that terrible, uh, it's like that bus stop game that's like a warm up for yeah. drama that oh, I used to yeah, hate. Sure. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I will say, I was going to talk about Rain on Me briefly as well, but like the thing that I want to say is that um, I love this kind of like, yeah, like camp dance aesthetic that Lady Gaga's going back into after she had her big like serious like actress yeah. and like um throwback classic with like um Tony Bennett kind of mm. phase in her career and I like that she's coming back to this but also like I love how like the the whole concept of of this in her video for her lead single Stupid Love is just like really futuristic and everything I guess like the planet slash album Chromatica is like a concept that she has but also like the songs really don't reflect the the visuals. They're just like mm. fun bobs, but whatever. Like I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> and one of the funniest tweets that I've seen today was like, um, Ellen DeGeneres has got her passport revoked for Chromatica. Cause you know, we all know Ellen is mean <laughs> in real life. Don't sue me, Ellen. That's true. I still that video came up with Dakota Johnson again just on Oh, she's Twitter. just great. She just It's that. the best watch. It's, if I you mean, haven't seen it, look at it. If up. you're not, it's not that uncomfortable actually. But you know, if still some some people are uncomfortable, um, watching awkward situations play out. But you know, um, as for me, I've been you know you've ticked off a couple of the things that I was going to talk about: the Invisible Man and um, Rain on Me. So let's let's press on in the realm of TV. The um, 
the docuseries The Last Dance has, has concluded with its final two episodes. Shout out Chicago. It, yeah, man, absolutely. Um, did you watch it, Kevin? No, but let me tell you, I've been on all the group texts and everyone's pretty oh, sure. much giving it to me secondhand, so I feel <laughs> very in tune. No, it's just good. Like, it was definitely, like, a trip to my childhood, like, because, like, I kind of had a sense of this in my in my household my household because my dad was a big um and I'm a big basketball fan and I, I I kind of miss watching the games now that I've seen the whole of the documentary and I kind of just like like watching Michael Jordan like who is just like so funny so like a bully sometimes but just like this quest for hunger that he has is so singular and like just watching someone great like look back on their um career um, is really fascinating, but also just him as a person just reminds me so much of my dad that it's just, ugh, God. And I get it now. Like, I think it's just like a, a young, cocky, like, boy in the 80s slash 90s thing. And I'm like, oh my God. Just like, I recognize this so much. But yeah, it definitely, um, it was good seeing it. Like, it was, I preferred to binge it, but like, it was kind of, you know, it came out two episodes per week. So, I got it in bite-sized kind of chunks, and I guess that was that was that was nice. Um, the other thing um, on TV that I saw was well, um, the Kimmy Schmidt interactive special, like so. Oh that's, yeah, yeah that that's dropped started, right? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, like these like interactive things, I always like am into them more than like, but also like. I, they, I, they frustrate me so much because I just have this compulsion to like find out all the hidden scenes. So instead, mm-hmm. like it's 80 minutes long, but I spend like four hours just like going through and like doing all the choices. That's what so they it's want. Like, the replay, I love it, it. But it's like incredibly frustrating because I want to be doing something else, but I know that I can't do anything else until <laughs> I unlock all of the scenes. That's why it's good when you're there in a, in a game format because then you can get a Steam achievement that pops up to be like, you've seen all the scenes, you're That's done right. here. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I felt the same. At least this was a lot more fun than um, the Black Mirror one, Bandersnatch, which I did like, but um, because I had an attachment to these characters and like, you know, like the situations that would play out were kind of wackier and like more attuned to my sense of humor and my... Uh, you know, what I would consume that was, uh, you know, it was a fun kind of experiment, a fun kind of finale, and, like, getting a red cliff is in it. going back and looking through all of them, or? Yeah, in a way, like, I think with with those things, mixed it's bag. like... Yeah, it is a mixed bag. It's rewarding and frustrating. Some, Yeah, because, like, sometimes you go through different paths, and it's just like, oh, that's just the same scene, but, like, you know, you just got a roundabout way of going there, but it's it's fine. I just watch several scenes several times so i guess i can't really be objective criticize this sounds like a nightmare i'm sorry i hate interactive stuff (laughs) like give it to me in a game but that's not what i want a movie for like (laughs) yeah um and in terms of of movies i guess well i saw the invisible man which i enjoyed and also i um expiring this week on netflix i was my big fat greek wedding so i went back and and watched that damn classic yeah, well, it holds up. I don't think it's, like, a huge classic. Like, it's not, like, great or anything. I won't go back to it. But, I, I like, it's nice. It's, like, it holds up and it's funny. And I guess, again, what I take back from it is, like, you know, I usually, like, go to see these films for the romance. But it's actually the family that I fall in love with mm. because, like, it just reminds me so much of my family. I think, like, any ethnic family that just looks crazy on screen because, like, it's, it's a lot. Like, yeah. 
like I always have this phobia of just like you know when I find the person who I'm meant to be with just like taking them back and like letting them meet my family because like my family is a lot like my dad will embarrass me to no call like he will not hesitate like embarrassing me in front of anyone my mom on is on Saturday right. on Saturday James came <laughs> over to my family's house for dinner and I told my uncle who was trying to open a bottle of champagne that oh. to point it away from James because James <laughs> doesn't like those and so he chased James around the kitchen Man. with the bottle as oh, he opened no. it I've had so what? many times where I've opened that bottle and it just popped right off because of the pressure and I don't yeah. want it getting in my anyway, eye so it's you Universal anyway. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah but, my, but the mom's well. always great in these. My mom, like, also has the gift of the gab. And, like, well, well, I feel like anyone who meets my mom will love her. But, yeah, it's, it's like my dad and my brothers and sisters. Like, they're crazy. But, like, I can't say that <laughs> word. But, you know, it's just a lot. But so I, you know, it's, like, very uncomfortable watching it sometimes. But also I'm just like, oh, I mean, that's why we love you. <laughs> and then yeah. her, her dad gives this big speech at the end on her wedding that he buys her a house, if only, oh. if only my dad yeah. would buy me a house, he would not. <laughs> um, on the realm of music, because we touched on Gaga and, and Carly, oh, I, that's what I was going to say, Carly Rae Jepsen um, dropped her new album, and it's fucking amazing. The queens have been like, you know, like just, just are eating, We're, they're letting us eat this quarantine and um it's amazing it's like it's it's like love at first listen so it's queen shit been dropping except for lana del rey who has uh disappointed me this week i mean i get I'm what just, she's saying it's just a very ungainly way of saying it and don't I'm just watching down, girl kevin kevin's space is kevin's face is like a roller coaster of like damn there's a new album that's exactly Wait, what's going on? i didn't know there was a new carly ray album yeah. like where Absolutely. did that come from check it out it's 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 better than her it's like dedicated b-sides but like this is these, these are the a-sides like if these are the rejects Come on, Carly. My She's heart. The queen. the queen of the North. Um, and finally, and, and you know, we got to explore the four realms here. Not Cracker in the four realms. The, four, the fourth realm of miscellaneous. Um, <laughs> I guess that's podcast books and theater. I don't know. Like, but um, I listened to the, the WTF episode, the latest one from Mark Maron, which he commemorated Lynn Shelton. And I thought that was worth noting because they were together, obviously. And um, just seeing, like, listening him, like, you know, express his grief out loud. And, like, obviously he played um, the first episode where they met in 2015 and they just met, like, she was with someone else, he was with someone else, and they just you guessed it. But you could, like, kind of sense the chemistry from from that initial interview. And just, like, he books in, he bookends the episode with, um, you know, just, you know, a, a loving tribute and just, like, expressing his grief and, and how much, like, yeah, how, how he's coping um, through at this difficult time in his life. And, and you know, I, I think I've only seen one Lynn Shelton film, which is Your Sister's Sister, many moons ago, but I, I definitely kind of want to check out the rest of her oeuvre because she seems like such a, a humanist filmmaker. So, um, mm. yeah, that's, that's, that's been me. Uh, which is a lot, actually. I've, I've had a lot to contribute this week. Um, <laughs> and that, that episode sounds like a lot. I mean, it yeah. sounds like I have to build up to listening to that one personally. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> sounds intense. Yeah. Mm. But beautiful, yeah. Yeah, Kevin, what have you been up to in the world of pop culture? Ooh, well, I'm notoriously late to the game 
in everything. So I just watched season two of Atlanta on oh, great. Hulu. I love Atlanta. Oh my goodness. Like I watched season one when it first came out and right? for whatever reason, I don't know when season two came out, but it just went right over and past me. The, the Teddy this Perkins episode. This is me with like episode. everything. The Teddy Perkins episode. The Teddy episode. Perkins episode. Oh, oh. I don't, I don't think I've seen, I think I've just seen, oh, is this season one or season two? Season, season two. two. Season two. So oh, I haven't seen it's, two. It's the latest season, so you, you, you can catch up. Like, <laughs> it is, season three is not going to be out for a while, so. The Teddy Perkins episode is literally like a, a horror film in itself. Oh, it's uh, great. Donald Glover outdoes <laughs> himself somehow. I don't know how. I mean, you feel like he does everything to its, you know, reaches the peak and, you know, hits it out of the park. And for some reason, somehow he outdoes, outdoes himself here. Um, I think the Teddy Perkins episode is definitely the water cooler moment of, of Atlanta. Because I remember when it first... I kind of watched Atlanta season two after it came out as well. But I remember when it came out, everyone was just freaking out about how inventive and how, how great this episode yeah, was. Yeah, I think he... He definitely he sh- lived up to the hype. He showed up to the Emmys dressed as... Yes. That's right. I, I, think, I think it was his brother who, who dressed up as Teddy Perkins because okay. obviously. Oh yeah, because then he was there as he was, himself as well. He was there as himself. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, yeah, that it really blew me away. Mainly because the first season I thought was a lot funnier. And you know, mm, Donald Glover yeah. is kind of known for his comedic writing. I'm just like a massive, massive, massive community fan. And the fact that they had that Absolutely, Zoom yeah. reunion, that Zoom reunion brought me yes. so much joy. <laughs> Just seeing them all in one space and being like, oh my gosh, they've all had such great careers. But then that's the thing with TV now. Like, I find that, like, you can find movie stars a lot from TV. Like, just, like, you can have Mm. a prominent Mm. role in, like, maybe a comedy or something. And you will have a movie career. Because, like, even here in Atlanta, all four of these actors are killing it. Donald Glover, obviously... Um, Brian Tyree Henry is doing mm-hmm. beautiful things. Like he was in like Widows and he was like, you know, and all these different things. Um, uh, if uh, Beale Street could talk. If Beale Street could talk. Well, he killed yeah. that one scene. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. Um, you've got Lakeith Stanfield doing really cool stuff. Just everything. I mean, he was slaying yeah. it from, from, I think I first saw him in Short Term 12. I think that still, was his big breakout. He still went by still Keith under, Stanfield. Yeah, still Keith Stanfield. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then obviously he did like, Sorry for to Bother You and like all these cool stuff. And, um, and Get Out. Slim, oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. I was going to say Queen and Slim, but that's not him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who are you thinking of? Someone uh, else. Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> um, uh, and obviously Zazie Beats as well. Zazie, I think is how she pronounces her name. But she's killing as well. She was just in Joker. And and she was in Deadpool too. Like, they're all killing it. So they're definitely like, you know, you could be a prominent supporting character with no career in, in, in a comedy and have no prominent career before that and just like graduate to making movies like in like a couple of years so like that's kind of how our society is moving now with media yeah it's well there's just, cool. it's more sort of like on the same level that there's no shame in going from t- like movies to tv Absolutely, or back again yeah. like it's just they're all different mediums that aren't like you know hierarchically placed like with tv below movies as it used to be um which is great just means so much more opportunities for great actors and different forms of storytelling absolutely and yeah. and discovering um you know great actors without giving them the t- the the label of you're a TV actor you know like mm. yeah you're saying about community was it Kev? 
Oh, just the fact that they had that reunion and that they were, uh, it, it felt such like a DIY show. Um, I remember when I first watched it, it was like all of the episodes felt like, like me and my friends could have produced them. Mm. Um, you know, the settings were, were pretty simple. You know, you were pretty much within this community college or in our, out on the lawn or in the classroom or in like the study mm. hall. And just hearing them all kind of confirm that when they're all speaking with one another and being like, yeah, <laughs> you know, the studio tricked us into thinking that we never had any money. And that's why we would just have to go out and just like create our own props basically. And just like put on these crazy episodes. I mean, there's like a couple paintball episodes. There's like they yeah. build they build a fort. So they make the whole college into like a pillow fort. And it's just it's it's a level of comedy that kind of reflects like it feels very communal, you know, no pun intended, but very much pun intended. <laughs> it's like it's a very like uh, no one kind of dominates that show and everyone mm, kind of has yeah. like their. Yeah. It's a real ensemble. It's a real ensemble bit and it and it works. Mm. And it works really well. And the first two seasons I think are just like absolute gold. Oh, so good, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I uh, I love these. I haven't watched all of them, but these like Zoom reunions, like you've got community, you've got Parks and Rec and you know, you have all these table reads. I think Smash did one. I never watched Smash, uh, I, but, you know. <laughs> I, I actually fast-forwarded through the Smash uh, live <laughs> Zoom bit, but I definitely watched the Bombshell live in concert, uh, which was very good. Um, so I would recommend everybody going back on YouTube cool. and watching that because it's still up. Um, have you seen anything else, Kevin? Uh, yeah. I mean, besides that, because that was a full, like, pretty much in a row, seven hours, just like straight yeah. through. I'm like, I want to live in this world. And the drama of a budding rap star in Atlanta was just like <laughs> gripping me so much. I was like, golly, like there's a robbery here, an yeah, attempted murder absolutely. here. And just like left and right, there's always something. And mm -hmm. I just feel like it really um, took a nice turn from season one and it, and it transitioned really well into more of like a dramatic feel. While still, while still maintaining that like core um, kind of like comedic sense of the trio that the three of them have. Yeah. Uh, so to balance that, uh, I've been on an M Night kick. I've been on an M Night Shyamalan kick. And you did the research. I did the he research. Puts in the work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, I've been meaning to do this for a long time. And the the mat the fact of the matter is like I remember certain things about certain movies from my childhood specifically like age eight to fourteen um, I remember the fawn very vividly from Pan's Labyrinth and I'm like God like what a strange character for like a twelve year old to be exposed to like I'm talking about myself, <laughs> yeah. not even like, in the film. And not I'm even like, the girl. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what a strange character with like a really mixed morality. And like that is too complex for me to have understood when I was that young. And to be able to revisit something like that now and be like, oh, that's why it stuck with me um, mm. is, is a pretty like cool experience. And I just remember so many bits of M. Night movies that like kind of like did that for me. Um, I watched The Sixth Sense, which holds up beautifully. What a good movie. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I rewatched it um, 
recently as well. Like, I think the thing I didn't remember was, like, the slow-mo shots. Like, there was some He loves a slow-mo. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Um, I have to say, I've only seen the second half of the six scenes Ooh. because it was on TV once when I was a teenager. <laughs> and I'd already knew the twist because, you know, I live in the world. But the great so. thing about the six scenes <laughs> is it doesn't matter if you know the twist. Yes. And that's what makes it a great oh, story. You yeah, should yeah. tell that to my dad who, like, crucified me when I spoiled the, the, the twi- twist of the six scenes within the first minute. Of the sixth sense. So well, justified, yeah. but you that, know. Ca- that context is understandable. <laughs> Maybe not, didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, it's not spoiler free. I don't want to go down like the whole uh, M. Night journey that I took, but sure, basically yeah. just like, I think he gets a really bad rep for a string of movies that were really bad. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you, Airbender, which was the worst film I've ever seen in a theater, period. Like it was. Mm, I'm glad I never subjected myself to that. Like, nor should you. Um, yeah. And there was a bunch of other ones in like a a five to yeah, seven like year period. Yeah. Lady in the Water. The happening. Yeah, I think Lady in the Water might have been like. Well, some would argue that our feature presentation is the start of the decline, but we'll we'll get Shall into we that. Shall we see? Yeah, let's get we'll into get it. In. All right. We'll get into it. Presentation. You've picked this one for the, the our, our choice, our feature presentation. What is mixed about the village for you? And yeah, what's what's uh, your previous experience with, with the village, M9 Kevin? Village? Yeah, so kind of going off what I was saying about certain things that just stick with you from a young age. Um, I watched the village probably when I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. And all I remember is yellow cloaks yeah, and disappointment. Mm. <laughs> well, it sounds like a Friday night for me. And I was like, why was I so disappointed? Like, I really like that genre of film. I really like period movies. I said put period and heavy quotes in this one, but it's period film mm. for what it is. Um, There's going to be major spoilers for The Village, by the way. Yeah, major, please just go watch The Village and major, come back, guys. Major, major. We're not going to do spoiler-free. <laughs> I mean, when uh, have we ever? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, and I love films like that, and I just like the eerie um, overall tone, and then the cast is incredible. It's stacked. It's so nice. good. So many, like, recognizable character faces and stars of yore and stars yeah. of the future who had little roles also. So your fave Jesse Eisenberg. Oh my god! <laughs> so <laughs> the starring role of Jameson. Come on. So I, yeah. So just to wrap that up, I think the main point is that like I couldn't figure out how that cast gave me disappointment, and I really <laughs> could not remember it. And mm. then going through some of the brief kind of like Google verse of reviews and being like. Oh, it really is all over the place. People really, you know, as as uh, as Matt was saying, like people really don't like this film and will say that it was the start of the demise of M Night's career for a while. Well, that takes me to like one of the most hated uh, person that hated it was Roger Ebert. He like gave it a yeah, that's right, review. like a one star. Yes, James has a quote he would like to read. Uh, yes, read it off with you. I need uh, this. All right, the, 
The Village is a colossal miscalculation, a movie based on a premise that cannot support it, a premise so transparent it would be laughable with a movie not so deadly solemn. To call the ending an anticlimax would be an insult not only to climaxes, but to prefix prefixes. <laughs> it's a crummy secret about one step up the ladder of narrative originality from It Was All a Dream. It's so witless, in fact, that when we do discover the secret, we want to rewind the film so we don't know the secret anymore. The film is listed on Ebert's most hated list. Like, he Ooh. fucking hated it. He's a savage. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Also, shout out Chicago. Uh, anyway. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Chicago Sun-Times. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's his opinion, and we'll have ours. Totally. But it's, it's very reflective no, yeah. of the, the current kind the of vitriol vibe from the time. critics. And but then on the flip side, it's, it's had a, like, a little bit of a reevaluation because oh. I, I think so. I, yeah. definitely, I mean, there was a piece last year from another critic, Emily Vanderwerf, who compared it to, like, you know, this is a movie about the Iraq War. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd go I that know about far. That. But yeah. and I read the review, and I was like, okay, sure. But you know, it's definitely has has its like you know defenders in in the film community. Um, mm. Definitely, like unlike um, you know the the films that came after, like Lady in the Water and and The Happening and all of those. But you know, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see how we how we land on on the village, whether we're What's in everybody or else's? out previous experience with this film. I had never seen it before. Um, I knew the twist, though, uh, yeah. because that seems to be the case with many things where, yeah, unfortunately, you get spoiled by living in the world. Um, My relationship with it was um, M. Night. Uh, I had only seen some of his films. I'd seen Unbreakable um, with a friend of kind of like a, a boys' night movie watch. He's very, like, very much like a film bro kind of director uh, kind of like he has some sensibilities in his films that are quite like um yeah uh just a little uh if not juvenile like just uh, feel Wait, they kind of appeal to the are, teenage boy are we film talking fan? about m night are we talking about or your, your friend, friend? <laughs> yeah there was a there was a mixed subject in that oh, sentence sure. that was no, a bit confusing i mean this was this was a uh, a world well a, a new zealand renowned pianist who was like <laughs> let's watch some dumb shit um, but no, I was talking about M. Night's films. Um, I hadn't seen The Village uh, before this. I had kind of dodged it as well because I had, um, one, not been allowed to kind of watch those kind of scary movies as a, as a family. And um, uh, also I heard that he started making some stinkers. So I stayed well James away. is very susceptible to, <laughs> to some, yeah, to, to like, buzz or like stink i guess <laughs> oh yeah. totally yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a big believer in reading reviews and sometimes that steers well, so me away I, from but stuff. you know sometimes some things are just too juicy not to pass up you know like <laughs> um i i mean like i just remember me and my dad just getting out like we did like a whole m night um uh retrospective when I was younger like I mean I had already spoiled the sixth sense when I was much younger but like I think when I was in my teens we did like you know we rewatched re Unbreakable and like the sixth sense and Lady in the Water why but like that's like the last film chronologically of M. Night that I've seen but for some reason we didn't watch The Village but I do know I do remember the images from The Village because it did used to play on like TV2 and, and local television so I do remember like you know Bryce Dallas Howard being blind and I do remember 
um, you know, uh, the yellow cloaks. And like, I do remember some imagery of it. And I was obviously because it exists as a pop culture entity, um, you know, some details of, of what the twist was and what the, the general story was. So, you know, some history, but not extensive. Um, and now I will attempt to summarize because we haven't yet the Done. movie in a minute. Oh, man. This is going to be a bumper episode, friends. It generally is when we oh, have yeah, a guest. we're getting into it. <laughs> All right, so you got one minute to summarize the village, starting from now. So there is a community. They seem like they're, re- like, remote, like, from the 1700s or the 1800s. They're all in period clothing. Um, you know, there is a group of elders um, led by William Hurt. And some of the young people in the village are real interesting. Like, you've got Adrian Brody, who's, you know, uh, mentally challenged. You've got Joaquin Phoenix, who's doing his brood. Um, you've got, like, Bryce Dallas Howard, who, you know, I didn't know was blind until, like, someone mentioned. And then she Halfway. acted blind. Um, and then, you know, they this village is, like, afraid of the color red and the creature that's, like, in the woods. Um, and one night the, uh, creature comes to town and scares everyone. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard and Joaquin Phoenix get engaged. Um, Adrian Brody stabs Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and now, um, Bryce Dallas Howard has to go to the town to get some medicines. But actually the commune is in modern day. It's in a park. It's just like grieving people who have sheltered themselves from society. And that's the conceit of the village. Collingwood Falls, butch. Pretty yeah. good, pretty good. That pretty was about good. a minute five, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. I heard uh, the movie stabs um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix instead of Brody stabs, and essentially that's what the movie does. The movie like, stabs Joaquin. Um, it just takes him right out. Yeah. All right, so should we get on to our positives, the things that we liked about what this What do we film? like yeah. about the village? I love the setting. Like, I'm a mm. sucker. I like Kevin. I just love a good, like, gothic kind of, like, period mystery. Like, I do like period pieces in general, but, like, if you add a bit of mystery and intrigue, like, what's happening in the woods? Or, like, even if it doesn't matter, really, ultimately, but just, like, the sense of mood that this um, movie creates is really cool, and, like, I love yeah. how, how M. Night kind of, yeah, just has this builds this sense of foreboding with like, you know, there's like um, slaughtered uh, animals um, that keep appearing. Mm-hmm. There's like, what is the significance of the color red and why do people like have to like fear it? So you have these questions that are planted in your brain and you know what? I want to know more. Mm-hmm. And that's, the yeah, there's, there's the, a lot of really good production design throughout. Absolutely, I think like yeah. the costumes and like, the, I particularly love like the wedding scene uh, where it's oh, just it's like beautiful. all laden mm-hmm. with flowers. It's just really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some great, there's some good. And I think the fact that the color imagery is such a strong, like um, kind of presence throughout the whole film, like means that you get some really good, like yellow cloaks and some really good, like, you know, dramatic uses of red, etc. And it's all beautifully shot as mm. well. Like mm. I had forgotten how much, or how skilled M. Night is with his camera work. Just yes. framing like, is really good, right? There's, like, there's a reason why like people compared him to Hitchcock you know, mean... at the start, <laughs> which is a bit intense and I think it really inflated his ego. Oh yeah. Uh, which, I mean, um, he definitely is a, t- took is it really sign, seriously. Yeah, it's a sign throughout his films. Like I the rewatch cameos. signs. The cameos. Yeah, the cameo. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And another thing in terms of that kind of world building is, like, I really liked the script of this film, which I don't usually always like well, in those films. I like the I, script of 
most of this film. Most of I it. like the script yeah. of most of this I film. I feel like yes. the archaic language is really evocative yes. and like isn't overdone. Absolutely. Um, I like the structure of the elders as well as, I a, love as a this, village. Yeah. Um, it's and very the mysterious. fact that it's populated what Kevin said before with it just the best cast. Yeah. Like, so should we rattle off some names? I rattle off a couple it. there. So yeah. our main trio is Joaquin doing like again one of his best broods. Like he, I thought he was really brood. good in this film. He's he's good. Yeah. He's, he's brooding. Good. Yeah. He's good. yeah, you could mistake it as 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 like there's not a lot there, but he's being shy. He's oh. being like yeah, insular. There's yeah. there's tons there. He's a great actor, honestly. Just I would say the one thing about Joaquin Phoenix is that he's been forty years old since birth. Yeah. Uh, so he looks a lot like way too old I, for his age. You know he's apparently you sh- was twenty nine yeah. when they shot this, and you I'm know, like, ooh. <laughs> you know what you should watch, Cass? You should watch uh, this Nicole Kidman film to die for because he does look really young, like <gasps> markedly young than he has been for a long time, and you're just like, wow, he looks like wow. a teen. Teenager. Yeah. Um, also, side, side notes. What were you going to say, Kevin? Well, I just, I think it's astonishing that both this film and Signs came after Gladiator. Because I yeah. think in Gladiator, yeah. he seems so old to me. He's obviously like the emperor figure. And the fact that yeah. that was like years before, I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Like, what? And like, both and, of those, he's in his 20s. And yeah. what I could, like, <laughs> I mean, and even in, in Signs, I just watched it. He's, meant to be the brother of Mel Gibson, who yeah. is significantly older. Yeah. And so he feels young in that role. <laughs> and so you're like, but wait, he feels like the son of Mel. And then in this, he's supposed to be really young. But he's but old. He reads he old. He seems old. I think it's just but his, that also isn't helpful. Yeah. That, yeah, like, but the casting of Sigourney Weaver is his mother, who was, I looked up her age in this film, um, and she's in her 50s. Yeah, um, but she looks so good. She looks really good. <laughs> Maybe the best and she's the looked. Thing of like, she's, she looks stunning, and I, so I was like, Sakoni looks so young, and Joaquin looks so old <laughs> that they're sort of meeting in the middle. And it's even though mathematically it should make sense, it does not work for yeah. me as a mother-son pairing. Um, but that's not like a, it's, I think they both do fine as performances. How old? Just as a pairing, I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> How old is Adrian Brody meant to be? Is he meant to be the same age as Bryce and Joaquin? I think I, he's supposed to be a similar yeah. similar because age. He, oh, if you thought Joaquin looked old, Adrian looked like his dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? I guess I, it's the hair, I, I think. I don't know about that. Kevin, what do you think? I I, I think that Adrian fit that, um, fit that role and just that look specifically. Mm. I don't, I don't the necessarily... The look was definitely impressive. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think it necessarily aged him as much as it was just like, okay, they decided to go with a very specific... Um, Oh, I can't think of the word right now. But they 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 wanted the like mentally challenged figure in the town to have a very like specific look, and that's the one they chose. And I think that he matched it well. That performance, I could I could do an hour long podcast about that character specifically. But these types of characters are always so tricky to portray. Super tricky. I think if you look at the film through the lens of that character, you're like, oh, gosh, this is really disturbing, like, in a lot of ways. Um, Especially when you think about the twist and you think about the help that could have been gotten that was then denied. You think about the way in which the children were raised based on truths that their parents drove at them and specifically, like, fabricated for the good of the community that really, really traumatizes the kids. That's a whole Mm -hmm. different lens 
there's a lot I like about this film, as you can tell. <laughs> I've yeah. kind of gone like many layers into this thing. Um, That's what I, we like, though. I love that. I will really defend the first hour of this film. Oh, yeah, same. Like, That's same. totally where I am on yeah, this same. as well. It's great. Absolutely. Like, I think the first hour of this film is spectacular. Especially if you, you like, if you don't know, if you watch this film without any like outside context, you would just think this was a like nice period film with like what is happening in the village. It's like, like sort of a sinister very, overtone, it's but it very doesn't necessarily effective. have like because it's all mood and tone. It's so and good. Doesn't have text. It, it that 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 really works in its favor. I think at that and point. I love like you know like, uh, yeah the the relationship between like the people in the village as well. They seem yeah. like a community like. Mm. Um, mm. Who else? And the relationships that we see formed Absolutely, like yeah. between Joaquin and and Bryce and um, Bryce and Adrian Brody's character, like they feel really earned and full mm. and yeah. like yeah, you they've buy got, it. all got believable kind of chemistry between yeah. them. What do we What do we think yeah. of our, our leading lady? Not I, in, not in the water, Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard. <laughs> I quite liked. Bryce Dallas Howard's I enjoyed her as well. I think I was actually really happy with the fact that you can't tell from the beginning, like that she's it's it's not really overtly signaled that she's blind no, until you I, realize it. I did I think, think it was yeah. a bit like it, they showed a bit more of her blindness after it was said, though. Like, I don't know because there were things that I had noticed and picked up that was like I was like, why is she doing this very strange acting choice? Yeah. And mm. then after it was made clear in the text that oh she's blind, I'm like oh that totally puts yeah. it in perspective. So I think that actually she is doing a pretty consistent performance throughout. Right, it's yeah. just that you don't really see it in that way until you understand, oh, this is the context. I guess so. And I think that's also a good way of play because, like, there's so many, like, kind of worse ways that you can play a blind character that would oh, be 100%. quite, like, demeaning and um, kind of, yeah, making her much more helpless. And yeah, and she's, she's so very, very capable. She's active all the way through the scratch. Mm-hmm. 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 So, though, she's... this is, like, the best role she's ever gotten. Like, she's really good. Like, I mean, she's not running around in heels. Like... Um, being chased by dinosaurs. Jurassic World, yeah. Although she was very fun in the help, she also, you know, like was a minor part of that. Like she was just the racist. Um, but this is she gets to like, you know, embody like a really, you know, full character. She's got, she's able to like, um, you know, do some technical acting with the blind acting as well. And um, yeah, I, to, to portray someone who's like pure, but also like has that grit to like move forward. Yeah, you know. She's just got great chemistry with both Adrian and Joaquin that I buy mm. both of those relationships. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, interesting how, yeah. Well, I guess I haven't seen her Black Mirror episode. Maybe I should see that. And I quite liked her Black Mirror yeah. episode. It's one of those ones that's kind of got in, I think, kind of, it's a bit of a mixed bag of an episode. I've mm. heard a lot of people that hate it and a lot of people that it's in their, in their top five. Is that the rating um, one? But. It's the yeah. one with the rating with yeah. the app yeah. where yeah, 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 it's, yeah. I don't know, I think it's fun. It's, like, it's, it's a bit silly, but it's fun. <laughs> like... And then we've got yeah. the rest of the cast. We've got yes, Sigourney and, and William Hurt. We've got um, Cherry Jones and Celia Weston and Jane Atkinson. Jesse Eisenberg. Brendan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the whole film, I was just like, oh, when is, when is Jesse and Joaquin going to have an interaction? And they didn't. Nope. But like the most that they had was like in the wedding scene, like Jesse was like directly behind Joaquin. And there was another scene where like Je- Joaquin walked behind Jesse and I was like, Oh, there you go. Just like two of my favorite actors in the same film. Rushing um, shoulders, nearly. 
almost. But it was it's yeah, it's it's really fun seeing him pre I guess he really broke out the, the year after with the squid and the whale, but you know, it's fun seeing him pop up in like little roles pre Yeah, yeah. he get, he gets so. one scene where he's like trying to attract the monsters mm-hmm. for some reason. Um so do we even know why they do that? I just think it's chicken? just like a it's just a playing a game. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like a chicken game right. where it's yeah. basically just stand oh. here until the monsters scream so much that you have to run away. And we also have Judy Greer who plays her sister Kitty, who is usually in comedy roles. I actually have never seen her in She yeah. gets a terrific role, yeah. role uh, a comedy scene in the, uh, with her first scene with Joaquin. Mm. I, and I was <laughs> expecting her to continue to be a comedy role, but where she yeah. like proposes marriage um, so, yeah. uh, despite him barely really knowing her or, or liking her all that much. I'm still, I, wa- I'm still waiting. I was wondering if the implication that they had really ever talked before, yeah. um, <laughs> but they do know each other a little bit. I'm still waiting on, you know, like when when she um, and Joan Cusack are going to play sisters because same energy. True. You know? mm. Very good casting. Yeah. That would and, be great. And Judy Greer, I always think whenever she pops up, when I hear that name, I think like Judy Garland and Judy just <laughs> as an as an old name. And so I'm always so you like, picture an old person. I'm like, I'm gonna look for an old woman. Who's that Judy again? And then I'm like, oh no, she's the woman that is always showing her her breasts on Those Arrested are Development. Are yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what uh, else? What else do we? What Kevin? What do you? What else do you like? From yeah, this talk film? about that first hour. What you love? Oh my god! Like, where do I begin? I feel like. <laughs> um, I think I think coming off of Sixth Sense and Signs, I just started to pick up a little bit of just the things about M. Night's filmmaking that I was like, okay, I understand, you know, some of these lofty comparisons that he was receiving. I understand, like, uh, like the grounding for those things, uh, the camera work. It's so um, precise and it just moves things at a pace that I'm like really, really into. Like he drops you right in the middle of action all the time. I mean, this film begins with a burial of like a seven year old boy. And if that, if that doesn't, you know, create some level of intrigue, I don't know what will. I mean, that's, that's a thing where you're like, Oh, that's a tragedy. Like Mm. anywhere. Like that's a tragedy. And I'm thinking that's kind of the main sort of like focus of the film and then it starts to kind of like unravel a little bit and you bring the creatures into the mix and you bring these very uh, realistic monster sounds, which obviously we figure out are yeah. very much not that, but at the, but you wouldn't know. And he, I feel like he's very good at distracting you with simple things. Like the first time I see the creature, I'm like, what a stupid looking thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. What a dumb looking thing to be afraid of like this looks like a halloween costume like i can't figure this out and similar to signs when they when you see the alien for the first time i'm like what why like why do i have to why is this the thing that everyone's terrified of but i do feel like he's really good at um kind of like showing you one hand to kind of like you know slide a hand like distract you a little bit where he I, I remember and, seeing oh, yes. seeing that alien walk across the screen on signs and screaming when I first saw signs. It was <laughs> so terrifying. And like upon rewatches, it's just like it's just a man like walking across the screen. And I don't know why, but like he does build that tension really well so that when when the thing does pop up, it's like, oh, shit. Like, And, and everyone 
all the actors sell it as well. Like that they sell the terror really well. Yeah. And with what you're saying, um, Kevin, with the like that opening shot of Brendan Gleeson like mourning his kid, um, is that it is kind of about like grief and sorrow and trauma and trying to like avoid that. They're, they're trying mm. to create this little paradise. Yeah. And they inadvertently create more of that um, through their kind of constraints. Yeah. Um, and I've always appreciated. Uh, well, not always, but recently uh, getting to appreciate that M. Night is trying to tell something a little bit more bigger than just like, mm. look, it's a it's a fun horror film. Like, I just rewatched Signs today and it's about like faith and, and belief mm-hmm. in, in God rather than just like, as well as also being like a B-movie like horror film. And he is trying to articulate something here too, which I think yeah. sometimes is very effective. I mm. think I found the first half of this movie like really moving like once once um bryce i forgot ivy her name is ivy that's Um, right uh once ivy goes out to um you know to the villa out out of the village um and william hurt explains um to the elders why she he sent her and and, you know like you know she's motivated by love and like you know who something about the beauty of that he has this beautiful speech and it's just like you know, it's kind of a glimpse into M. Night's, uh, you know, ethos and, like, what motivates him. And I guess, you know, if he continued making that movie, this would be, like, a slam dunk. I think the first hour of this movie might be his best film. Like, um, I, I honestly would love to see this return as a miniseries. Like, it, yeah. what I need from this film is more time. But also, like, yeah. t- there is this wonderful shot of just, like, when the first, like, scare comes through and, like, the monster is, like, going through the village and you have Bryce Dallas Howard just, like, has her hand out. Mm. So, mm. you know, waiting for Joaquin to come back and it's just shivering. And, like, there's this dramatic shot of just Joaquin taking her hand, swooping, going inside, shutting the door. And it's, like, so lyrical just watching that. And it's so motivated by love and emotion. And the way it's shot is so beautiful and poetic as well that I'm just like, oh, when, where is this M. Night and how can I get him back? Like, yeah. But, you know. And, I like, I haven't seen his latest offerings. I haven't seen Split or Glass. And I, I don't know if that features in them. But, like, you know, I... Hope he considers, you know, returning to not, this kind of not stuff. Not beautiful you know? lyrical shots of, <laughs> of grabbing people. Not in Splatter Glass, no. Yeah. Um, but I would recommend still checking them out. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was... And also features Anya Taylor-Joy, who was in Emma. Um, yeah. Do you know she also has a photographic memory? Just want to quickly yeah, that's, flag I that. Yeah, I do remember that. How fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Very sorry. Good. Good Back tool. to the village. As an actor. Um, so should we talk about the twist, guys? Like, yeah. how do we feel it works for us or doesn't work for us? I feel... I mean, I'm just speculating Go on James, the context. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, like, where M. Night was in terms of that expectation of twists at that point, um, science doesn't really have a twist, but like... Six it's cents. the water. Water is the, the twist, I guess. Like. Yeah, I guess I guess the water and, and the bat. Um, right. Uh, but our expectations of like, oh man, he's gonna fucking do it again, man. Mr. Glass, yes. That attitude, I think, really damages the viewing experience of the village. Um, Because, like, it is a twist, it is a surprise, but we're not, I don't think it, plays in the same way and it shouldn't it's play not in the a same twist way. That it, well, it's also not a like horror film twist. It's a different type of yeah. thing. I think... Like, yeah, you yeah go. go ahead. Well, I think it just like... 
kind of affected his like film like I don't know if it was very instinctive of him or that was because it was expected to him of him to have a twist or two that he had to put in twists because like I think if he just like let this story play out organically without any twists like if the big twist is that they live in a compound I would have been cool with that I think it's just like the twist on twist on twist and Mm -hmm. how it played out was made it made it really like clunky and kind of stupid yeah. in a way <laughs> like um and maybe if we needed more time to like flesh that out but i really don't think we needed all the twists like maybe one i think he just had this need to top himself after like each film and yeah. and see how he can you know what like spin a web of of this you know tapestry of twists and and, and turns but I think he was too bogged down by that instead of just like, you know, he had a great instinct in, in telling this like really compelling story, like, you know, based on mood and, and vibe. But he unfortunately, yeah, was bogged down, I think, by the pressure of, of, of expectation of what people kind of, uh, yeah. That um, must be such a difficult thing to become known to as the twist Absolutely, guy. Yeah. Like, but then, <laughs> well, then that's the thing. If he, if he modeled to. himself after Hitchcock, Hitchcock didn't have twists on all his films. No. no. So, yeah, that's just how I come down with those twists. I could see Kevin nodding his head to Yeah, that. where are you at, And I, I, I guess, like, bef- I guess before I... The tw- I just want to say that the twists are um, that you see Bryce go to the woods and, like, it's explained to her that the... the the um, the elders are are the ones, you know, putting on the costume to to keep the community inside. So like she thinks they're not real, but then she is attacked by one, and then so we're like, what? They're real? And then <laughs> later on, we find out that it's Adrian Brody who puts on the stupid costume. Ugh. anyways, that those are the twists. It's Kevin, the dumb twist. And on and to the, you. <laughs> and that it's certain. Uh, the modern it's really day, in the yeah, modern day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll just echo pretty much everything you said. And I think when it's revealed to Dallas Bryce Howard's character that the creatures are the elders and that it's done to protect the community and keep them from breaching the walls and going to the towns, that's that's about at the hour point and that's where it falls flat. Like it really goes flat for about 20 minutes I think like when she's in the woods for me for me at least like when she's in the woods and I've just you know laid eyes on this creature costume and you know uh, it's kind of shed light on this thing that I was kind of already a little suspicious about but now I'm just kind of like really like that was that's what was going on like it it, kind of takes me out of it for about 20 minutes yeah but when she gets dropped onto the road yeah and the sirens appear and you're like, okay, now I'm connecting like some of the noises that we were hearing the entire time. You're like, oh, these are like passing vehicles. Like this is like, mm-hmm. it is present day. Like that, that makes a lot of sense uh, or a little bit of sense. Um, I think the last 15 to 20 for me brings it back up to a level where I'm, I'm, I'm re-engaged and I'm really questioning every other part of the film in a very brief period of time. 
Mm. Uh, what frustrates me, it's just the Adrian Brody, like, fake out, like, well, yeah. there were rumours that maybe there actually were things. Like, I'm fine with creatures being fake and real world. Those two twists, like, are yeah, great I, because I, they I like work that. as a it's piece so, and are logical. Like, the execution is really the yeah. problem here because I'm so with the rest of you guys. I, I think, like, the idea that, oh, it's actually not a, um, you know, actual 19th century, 18th century village, it's in the modern day, and the idea that there is a reason behind that, it's specifically about yeah. these people that have tried to escape past traumas by retreating to a time they think of as more innocent. Um, I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense, like, logically, like, why you would do such a thing, why you would subject your children to this really dangerous, um, difficult life because you think it's more simple and more, like, pure in such a way. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like, the, the making the Adrian Brody character, that also, like, makes his character worse as well, <laughs> like, yeah. adding that stuff in there because up to that point like it's a pretty like uh, you know I, I'm always a little bit squiffy as you guys will be aware from previous listeners of the podcast I'm always a bit squiffy about like uh, neurotypical actors playing like uh, mentally disabled actors <laughs> yes, like, that, that, that's, that's why I never got it's, that uh, into good time as well because like one of, yeah, it's, it's a director a, playing it's one of those things where I'm like you know could you not just hire an actor that, <laughs> that you know um, but I think actually like Adrian Brody's performance like despite the fact that obviously it's probably shouldn't have been cast with an a with a neurotypical actor um, like is pretty sensitive and pretty subtle mm. um, compared to a lot of other versions of the same sort of style yeah. of performance that I've seen but then it's just totally it's totally ruined by the fact that then they go like ah and then this character he was the one that was behind the skinning of these chickens and he's the one that's going to attack Ivy in the forest and like the, all this other stuff that I'm like do we need to do this to poor no. Noah he's just he's just trying to no. live his life it's pretty hard yeah and so his <laughs> like, other kind of action of of stabbing Joaquin um, felt like justified and motivated yeah I was like oh you actually believed that a person with like a mental disability might have like feelings of like love and have a sexual presence like that's mm. actually quite progressive to it's say great. like oh he could be in a love triangle yeah. um, you know that there's because that's often the case it's like oh the pretty girl is just nice to the disabled boy oh we like her so much we don't think about his perspective at all yeah. um, as, a, as like kind of a trope so I and, was like oh I, I, I liked and, that but then this twist was like and like yeah you can have many twists like like him stabbing Joaquin was like I felt that I was that like, was a twist that was a good twist yeah. Yeah. that was a Vivian Lee psycho moment it was a I'm twist like, and a turn of it? the knife Joaquin's out that was I mean James will be uh, can attest to the fact that was the point when, in the movie where I was like what yeah. <laughs> although he stabbed him a lot I here's the thing like how did they keep Joaquin alive for that long like I know I, I was like Joaquin's dead jeez like, I thought until that t I was like because I definitely remember her going to the outside world to get medicines for him but then I was like when I saw the multiple steps I was like how he's dead um, <laughs> but I guess not I mean that's like a little thing but still it was it's sitting, yeah probably should have just been the one stab well, and then he runs the <laughs> other thing that kept like in my head that was kind of a little bit stupid but was like why why I like William Hurt could have gotten the supplies really like yeah straightforwardly he could have gotten the supplies gotten gone back but I don't know like that Ruins the. It's thing the whole of the thing. Like we took an oath not yeah. to return yeah, to the outside world. And I'm like, okay. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with this one just because I I totally agree about the the Adrian Brody attack in the woods. How like poorly executed and poorly done that scene was and how it doesn't like it, it detracts way more than it adds 
However, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna rock Go a little. I'm gonna devil's advocate this thing really quickly because after the twist at the end, I found myself specifically in the final scene where they're like, "Your son sacrificed himself for the good of this community," and I'm like, "Oh, how dark is that? Like, how many? Is, yeah. How many like children? I'm thinking of that seven year old." Like when the film yeah. opened up, mm-hmm. how many people died from like very curable illnesses in order to push these people's mission forward? And yeah. especially someone like, you know, a mentally challenged character who isn't fully aware of or can't comprehend fully what's going on to die in that way. It just it just like really like hurt me when I thought back to mm. how far they were willing to go. And I think that that's like the. That's my personal takeaway, like the very ending twist. It's just like, how far was this heir? I mean, he's an heir. He's a very wealthy heir to a big fortune in yeah. Pennsylvania. If very, he's Which like is a, like, as a detail, is clearly just him not being like, and people are going to ask, how were they, did they have the money? Well, I'm going to make him really rich. Heir, and you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's an heir. He's <laughs> we a, didn't need to he's know a that. UPenn, a UPenn professor, which I'm sure. But also I'm, just like, of course it's set in Pennsylvania, where Amish country is like. Well, that's, uh, yeah. Details like, yeah. Well, I think science is too, Sixth Sense is too. I mean, M. Knight's a Philadelphia oh, guy. He is a Philadelphia would make, guy. Like, yeah. If he's yeah. from Philly, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. M. Knight's a Philly person, so I'm sure like, a lot of the curiosities about Amish country. I mean, I'm from I'm from Virginia, which is like mm. the uh, bordering state, I guess, to Pennsylvania. Well, yeah. maybe it's Maryland. Whatever, it's close enough. And there's like <laughs> enough of an Amish presence that you just like yeah. you wonder about it a lot. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I thought like, okay, maybe this was his kind of like um, meditation on how communities like that can just like survive and thrive and be built so close to. I mean, they, were, they said they were like 45 yeah. minutes away from towns or maybe I'm confusing mm. it with signs. I think I am, whatever. <laughs> Same idea, though. It's like very far away, but still like very close to major cities. There's um, still a road right there. Like, yeah. And UPenn is like really close to Philly as well. And just it's thinking like, like all there. Right. I think it's just like the execution of how he. Yeah. How he executed that. Like it was just one after the other. And I didn't think I had time to breathe to just take it all in and taking the gravity of, of that situation. And I guess we did have those glimpses at the end um, through dialogue and, and scenes. But, like, yeah, I guess, yeah. Now, but now I mean, I'm thinking I about think it. there's... It's, it's yeah. like, it's if she's discovered that it's fake, like, she's still a blind person walking through a forest that has, like, <laughs> holes and stuff. Like, yeah. yes. I get that the audience might be bummed for a bit about the twist, like you're saying, Kevin, but he's about to deploy another major twist about it being modern day. Like, let's yeah. just... right. See Bryce stumble through. I don't know. I think there's just like, it's like two, like one, two drafts away from being like a really good film. That's what's so frustrating about it. There's a great film. There's like such a great film in here. As I said, like M. Night's best film is in this film. Yeah. It just, Mm. oh. It's just, um, and, and I think it's also to do with like, yeah, that, that she needs to discover the stuff, the the twists of the fact that's the modern day. Like, (laughs) you know, even if she doesn't discover it, like if she just, if, if, 
the audience discovers it through her, but she doesn't learn the actual thing. Like, if yeah. we don't have the el- the elders revealing the cupboard full of the things and she sneaks out and goes through the forest by herself, mm, like, interesting, yeah. isn't that more interesting? Like, yeah. and, you know, we could still have people trying to attack her because in that case we don't know that they're not, you know, yeah. that they're fake at that point. Yeah. And then yeah. we still get the reveal of her coming, th- but Oof. she doesn't see the, that it's the modern day. Like, that's such, yeah. that's so heartbreaking. Like, it's, we see it and so... she doesn't. Oh, that's so much that's better. So I just wrote yeah. that now, M. Night. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. um, <sighs> but then she meets Kevin, the good guy, the park ranger. Kevin, Kevin the... <laughs> <laughs> Helpful Kev. Who I love is it. like, a, you know, like his robbing methods are very suspect, but you know, like, <laughs> they pass through M. Knight, who is just like very <laughs> preoccupied with his paper. And is very present in the film. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan yeah, so as a guest star. This one, like, this is a, a banana for me, and we're kind of getting into like I stuff mean, that we don't Yeah, like. we don't we sort of talk um, about everything. So. M. Knight has got this fucking huge ego, which I can't stand, where he puts himself in so many roles, pivotal roles sometimes, this one not so much, but, like, he doesn't show his face in this. One, because he's like, I'm the director. Um, he but it also does, though. He like, does in the reflection. In a, in a reflection. Yeah. Which I thought in, was a cool detail of him. It imbues like, him with a huge amount of importance, and there's, like, an implication that this character might even be aware that that's true, yeah. of the situation, mm. yeah. that he's, like, being paid off to just, like, oh, look the other way, like, planes don't go over this, and, like, I don't, I don't care, because what fucking bugs me Ooh. is that they have this huge ensemble of the Brendan Gleeson, Sigourney Weaver, Cherry Jones, um, Judy Greer, like, huge cast, and they are just set dressing. They there is are nothing, for the most part. There yeah. is nothing about, like, especially Sigourney and Brendan. Like, they are just sitting there. And you don't hire a cast like that, M. Night, and they just make them sit there, because they are talented fucking actors and great work on the main cast, but, like, okay, so another ensemble, like, Knives Out, it Warner focuses on its main cast. It focuses on Chris Evans, um, Anna de Amas, and Daniel Craig's, but it makes sure that there is a moment for every single one of those ensemble members so that it fucking sings. And you gotta make it sing, M. Night, and I don't wanna see you and your shitty fucking acting. You're a director, mate. You're a director, so get off and let the stars do their job. Damn. God, I can't stand that side of M. Night. He's so talented, <laughs> and he needs to just get the fuck out of the way. <sighs> go. Someone just got let out of the village. Go, go in, go James. Off. <laughs> go off. Tell me how you really feel. Oh. What does Sigourney do? She talks distressed to William Hurt, who gets a good role. William does great. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he's a daddy. That, he's like, very comforting. It's, it's like, rare for me to kind of see Sigourney in such, like, uh, not a meek role, but, like, she's usually very headstrong. She's, like... Mm. So it was, like, a nice kind of different key for me seeing her this way. But, yeah, she did not get enough to do. But yeah. I like seeing her a bit soft and, like... She, it's just so a different kind of... Matt, Context, her, yeah. she is the mother of Joaquin Phoenix. She is, yeah. Joaquin we Phoenix about that nearly dies, okay? <laughs> so where is her scene Your where scene? she is like, <laughs> my son you're, is, you're he, he tried to kill my son. But also, even yeah. like, but even like I, she has no scenes with other members of the cast. She doesn't have a scene with Ivy. She doesn't have a scene with Adrian, who just stabbed her son. 
Yeah. Come this, on. this is my other thing as well, is that M. Night, and it's evidenced by other um, video, uh, uh, by signs as well, is that he is great at the technical aspect of framing his shots, but it means that the blocking is subservient to the frame, which is fine sometimes if you're it still is, directing yeah. the I actor. Quite, I like that. I quite like that. But there is some weird blocking in this film, especially like there's a scene where like the elders are gathered together and it's not very generous to the actors or their performances. Like it's it's quite a strange, like they're having to walk in strange blocking patterns sometimes throughout the film where you're like, why are they walking over there? Oh, because the camera is there and they want a pretty Don't shot. And it's, it's not generous to these actors. And I get that that's not M. Night's thing, but it was distracting when sometimes you're like, oh, this shot is just framed just to look pretty. Yeah. Like, there's a shot in Signs, which we're not talking about, I know, but where, like, Mel Gibson just walks to the camera just for a good shot, and you're like, why is he going there? Who knows? He's just boom. been told by M. Night, come here. And boom. yes, boom, Mel Gibson. Fuck you. Yeah. But boom, yeah, look, the cane came out, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here for this. This is why he I He was dragging up. the blocking, bitch. That's how much he... <laughs> It's noticeable. <laughs> it shouldn't be noticeable, and it very much is. That is, is true. If you can notice blocking has occurred, yeah. <laughs> then you've probably um, fucked up at some point. Man. Kevin, what are your biggest niggles about this film? Like, um, Well, I mean, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with you know, the fact that you can even say from the jump, like we were kind of saying, like, oh, this is about... You know the three main characters, like you know Adrian Brody's character, Joaquin Phoenix, and 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 Dallas Bryce Howard, and then just just being like, well, it's not. It's actually like about the elders, and it's about their scheme, and it's about the way in which it plays out in a community that they built. And I think the twist probably would have been way more effective if they would have you, given them more focus as to kind of what, what James's point. I, like, usually am all for advocating films to be shorter, but I wouldn't mind another half hour, like, hour of this film just fleshing out what is actually in the film and, like, making it a bit more organic and poetic. I think the thing about this is that because there's that big sequence that it doesn't need, Mm. um, that we actually, you know, it's it's not so much about it needing to be longer as it just needs to kind of refocus the time that it has. Exactly, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. Because there is, like, there's got to be so much more. That There's this that one scene where the elders were like, they're like, oh, well, some of my kids died here. Some of them died back home. Oh, it's pretty bad each way. Just going to stay in the village. And I'm like, I want a little bit more of, like, a philosophical debate from you guys about mm. this drastic decision you've made to yeah. move to the he's 19th a, century. He's afraid to go there. Um, and he, he feels, I think M. Night feels like he has to have these action sequences, like, paced throughout. Mm. And because... He's he, he's built this thing where there are no monsters. He's like, well, I got to have this cool scene with Adrian Brody, uh, where he's the monster, which admittedly looks cool. Like the monster when that moves, it's a lot scarier than when they first appear. But it's totally unnecessary and damages the plot so much. With yeah. this mm-hmm. dumb double twist. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more fleshed out relationships between the elders mm. and those three characters we're talking about. Because like, yeah. even uh, uh, William Hurst's character has like a a very interesting empathy toward Joaquin's yeah. character. Yeah. And I'm like, Absolutely. I don't know where that comes from. Like, why, like, why do you feel that way? Like, why are, guess, you, are you weirdly, I know I understand because your daughter loves him, but honestly, you're not doing much for the kids. Yeah. So like, why, why this person? Also, 
Why does Joaquin want to go out so much? It's weird. Like, they never totally. got, like, explained I think he's to just, me. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, uh, the explanation he gives does kind of ring true in that he's like, people keep, the children keep dying in the village and mm. I have heard that there are better medicines far away from here. Yeah, so that's I would true. like yeah, to go yeah, out there yeah, and yeah. get some so the, ki- the kids don't die, thank you. It's his Moana like, moment. To be honest, that seems, yeah, yeah strong yeah, yeah, enough yeah, to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I just forgot about it and, like, yeah. it, it wasn't, like, brought up as much of an importance as it really was, I guess, but... Mm. But then, of course, like, I thought, well, Kino's going to have a bigger role in this. But, like, he's pretty much in, like, half of this movie. And then he's dead. Like, like the camera doesn't even... Oh, I mean, like he's a, not dead, but, you know... He's, he's indeed. He's like, incapacitated. I think he... He wasn't even available yeah. for there some was, shoot. There dates, was a couple like. of a couple of shots where it looked like Joaquin was supposed to be in the bed, but they had clearly got an empty <laughs> yeah. bed. And they were just pretending like, oh, he's very and so, sick. And so the re- <laughs> and when they have the shot of him in the bed at like the very end of the film, mm-hmm. that's a reshoot because the film uh. was originally meant to end with uh, Kevin, the handy park ranger, and then she gets out and like he's there, and then that was meant to be it. But then they were like, oh, no, let's let's put M. Night in the film um, and then, like, do all the stuff cool, the Which is just, I hate extra explanation. Like, the thing yeah, about the yeah. the detail about, oh, we had to pay off the airline so the planes wouldn't so fly. D- it's just so unnecessary. Like, Nobody, yeah. like... At, this, at that point, it was like, there are so many dumb things that happened in the film that it was just another dumb thing yeah. on top of it. That like, was just oh, the one little so thing unnecess- that I was like, really, that's the, what you think people are worrying about at this stage. I'm like... <laughs> It's it's the nineteenth century. You think there are monsters. You you would have just told the kids that those things in the sky are big yeah. scary birds. Yeah. Like, and why would we have any reason to to doubt you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and to be and this this is the moment where you can bring Sigourney into the equation because she was the first person to reference their like safety security boxes. Mm, yeah, and the black which box. we the boxes. I completely forgot. The boxes, the boxes of memories, and the box. That could be the reveal. When you see all the clippings and you're yeah, like looking absolutely. through them, like yeah. that could be the entire reveal. And you're like, holy mo, what? Like these headlines are serious. See, I felt from the thing with the boxes, I was like, you could do the boxes or you do other things. It just was too many things. Yeah. And I, I felt that in the current film, like the boxes aren't necessary. They're actually just like the, that, that, that 1970s, everybody together outside the psychiatrists or whatever yeah. picture that's like the whoa it's the 70s on. they fuck um, up that reveal so bad yeah it just that the, the reveal is so much would be so much more powerful much if cooler. it was just her over the fence yeah she jumps over the fence and then like suddenly like a car comes up and yeah. then we're like whoa that is so anachronistic what's yeah. up yeah 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 because yeah, then like you could have that that conversation and all the rest of that stuff you know again in a, in a well, longer yeah. film you could have that come, stuff afterwards it, it, yeah it could come organically to, instead you know, of like explaining it all right yeah we can um, just have like the discussions and suddenly it's like oh now we understand it in a different uh, light uh, I think the there's se- lots of different ways it, to fix this film yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely interesting to discuss there's so much to discuss right you just like can, yeah you can, oh, oh man God, somebody somebody has day. to do this as like in a film class yeah. just like in a screenwriting class be like here is a draft copy here's the the, the produced screenplay for the village edit it yeah. that's your assignment come back like I show me how you've fixed it I still like, think, I think a, that's a mini really series could help it yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not opposed to that yeah. and take time and imbue the relationships because it's kind of like a Westworld right where yeah. it's, you have your weird other world and then you're 
people controlling it, and yeah. then also the real world. So now you'd have to do that. Interrelate. The problem is you would have to sit, not tell anybody that it was based off the village, because otherwise everyone would know how the miniseries first season was going to end. Or, <laughs> no, but you don't. You, you, yeah. you make that the the whole whole focus. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, or I you mean, bring you. Oh, you go I was gonna say, or like in the sequel, or this is like the Princess Diaries two, whatever. Like you bring, <laughs> you bring Kevin into the village, and he doesn't leave. Like Kevin comes in, Kevin comes in, sure. and wants yeah. to. And they're be, like, he's from the towns. That's why he wears these strange clothes. And wants to, <laughs> and then becomes a fully ingrained yeah. member. And then him and Joaquin have a rivalry for Dallas Bryce. <laughs> like that's that's that film. That's that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Kevin. Kevin's there as like a mole or something, like pretending to be old fashioned. I mean, I think you know you can you can definitely do a successful miniseries, like because the twist. Who cares? Like we, we all know the twist. Like yeah. mm. you come in for the mood and for the relationships and for the community and how how you like that twist will play out. Like twists, like knowing a twist doesn't re- really ruin movies. It you know like it's just how it's executed and how. You know how you get to the twist. Like really. fuck these dinky little twists. What I love is myth, and I love is lore. Yeah, I love exactly. that they have like yellow coats. Love I love the that the coats. color red is, like, is bad. Yeah, the, the color red is bad. I love like, that. How cool! Yeah. That's real cool, M Night. Well done. Just don't star in your films and just focus on the <laughs> stuff that matters. She's really not a fan of M Night as an actor. No. Nope. <laughs> Okay, so the Hitchcock comparison, right? He shows up, he gets on a bus. That's your Hitchcock cameo. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what you do. It's like Peter Jackson. He's just, you know, he eats a carrot. Like, that's, we're done. You get out of the way. (laughs) Do we have any other points that we like to raise? I think I'm about about covered of my village discussion. (laughs) Right, well, it's time for Tribal Council, and now we have to vote. Bag or boots? I'll go first. Um, so this is the twist. I really like this film. (laughs) I really want it to be better, but I agree with Kevin that that first hour is so good. I want to live in this world so much. It's like a bath that I just expect more of it. It's just like a really good student that has handed in a really subpar essay. And I'm like, well, not even subpar. I, just, maybe, I think it's several essays. Like, it's not just yeah. the one essay that derails the student's grade. <laughs> it, it has like, the, it's an essay that has the makings of brilliance. Yeah. And I'm just like, come the fuck on. Like, you could have put so much more work in. But that doesn't take away from the fact that that essay is still tight as fuck with that concept. Yeah. Because I love <laughs> James, this world. This is, a ter- this is a terrible analogy because you would have to <laughs> give that essay a bad grade. <laughs> Tr- no, I would give it... I'd give it a. a if you say it's bad, no, you gotta, you no, gotta give it a bad I'd, grade. No, I'd give it a B minus. Um, that's favoritism. That's called mixed bag, yeah. uh, which we can't. It's a bag or biff. You got to make a decision. Well, I'm, we, <laughs> bagging doesn't mean good. Bagging means bagging means oh. we put it in the bag. Bagging means this has worth. And bagging, this, bagging means it falls on the bag side of that's the 50-50 continuum. Yeah. So. We're not saying we call it bag or biff. We don't call it good or bad, right? Yeah, because that would be a bit not very catchy. So, like, <laughs> people, people who are going to watch this film with a bagging status or not and be like, well, it's mixed, but it's good mixed. Uh, that's my cr- kind of criteria in my mind. All right. And so 
This has a great cast that are not used properly, but that's okay because they're still a great cast and they look great and just their weathered faces, or not so weathered faces in the case of Sigourney Weaver. It has three really great performances by the leads. It has a very kind and nice but slightly um, ill-advised... Oh, what am I trying to say? I'm saying William Hurt is good um, <laughs> and that he, he plays a, a, a character of mixed morality. Um, and uh, I like... I like everything except for the Adrian Brody twist. Um, so I'm a bag. Surprise, bitches. Cool. All right, I'll go. Um, yeah, I also mostly liked this film. I like. I just think it's... I just want to get in there. I mean, this has been the case for a lot of different mixed bag films that we have discussed, but I don't know how much more often I have wanted to just get into that script, take it apart... <sighs> And put yeah. it back together better. Like, there's so much potential in this film, and it's just, it, it, it's really, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's so annoying how much potential there is to be a great classic film in this. Um, and yeah, the fact that it was, it, this is the way it went through. And I, I, and I feel like there's also some um, problems with the fact that, you know, people were expecting a horror film yeah, from this. Yeah. And that's, I think, why that scary chase twist that has been added in there because they were like oh we have to have some like uh, somebody's got to be chased by a monster at some point and it's like I don't want to see a horror film and I don't think M. Night Shyamalan wanted to make a horror film it's it's not what it's trying to be it's just that that's what the marketing team expected from him well it's like these kind of films like The Witch and The Lighthouse uh, that are Mm. coming out now which aren't exactly horror films but like fit that Similar yeah, eerie vibe. Tone pieces, Tone yeah. pieces yeah. yeah. And I think Which... that's where kind of like M. Night fails as well and that he's like, he, he should have just stuck to his guns as a, like, yeah. a storyteller instead but of like... It feels like yeah. he felt the pressure and he's yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm going to make it this... And it, it just doesn't work as a horror film. So, you know, they're not going to... Of course that makes it worse as a film overall. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really in two minds about it. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm very, very on the fence. Um, I think ultimately... I think, and um, this is this is a uh, this is a strategic move. Um, I'm going to be a biff <laughs> yeah. because I I feel like Kevin's going for bag, yeah. and I don't want it to be a, uh, <laughs> a an, an obvious bag. <laughs> no, I you mean, can't plan I, I mean, look, I, this I, what, you got to be strategic with I your biffs. It, like, and it's like, look, if, it if, shouldn't if, be a full bag. This yeah, is not I was going to say if, if we give it four full bags, then like you know we are endorsing it like i i think exactly. i'm in the same mindset if you give a four foot bags it's a full endorsement we're like oh it's just right and, it's and just i don't resolved. think it, you're I expecting don't think me it to is a... biff it right and then so you were like you go first he'll be a biff i'll well, be a no, bag i feel like every, no, i feel like everyone's just like you know feeling it out to see how oh, i didn't know what you wanted to do but i was yeah. waiting to see what the first person said exactly <laughs> pretty much um but yeah, so I, I think I am a biff on this one. I think there is an incredibly baggable film in there, um, and there's so much potential. But that that second section just really bogs it down, and it just it's just too many stones. It sinks to the bottom of the pond. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's a, that's a biff from me. Okay, I'll go next. Um, yeah, it's very annoying. It's a very annoying film because there's. Oh. It's just so good for so long. Just want to get in there. <laughs> so good for so long, and then it's just like that that stretch where it's just like, it's it's not, it's not even actively bad. It's just clumsy. Like, 
How like how are you like batting at like a ten and then fumble to like a five all of a sudden? Like, you know, it's not just. <laughs> um, I'm sort yeah. of vaguely shaking my head because I don't know what sports. No, I know neither. But it's <laughs> it's, it's like a, a vague sports. He was good metaphor. at sports, but then he became bad at them, right? Yeah, um, I see. But like, no, for no like clear explanation why. Like, ugh, it just frustrates me to no end. But that first half of the film, the first hour, is like really like just like the score is really effective. It's so lush. Like the photography by the great Roger Deakins is just like. Mwah. Um, so I'm, yeah, I, again, I didn't want to go first because I'm in two minds. Um, but I, I think because there is a biff on the, on, on, on the floor, I, I feel more comfortable. It is like a 53, 47 split for me, but I think ultimately I do love enough of this film to give it a bag. So that's where I fall on, on, on that, that divide. So Kevin. Kevin, up to you, man. Yeah, you know I'm not even gonna hide this one. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is all in the bag for me. Um, nice. It was just I don't know. I think it was just a really engaging, thrilling ride for most of the time for me, and enough of the time that I was really pleasantly surprised, and also I found myself like wanting more films like that. Like, Absolutely. In, like I wanted more of today's films to be able to fit as much as he did into an hour as he did. And like the fact that all of his films come out to about like an hour 40, I am still pretty amazed by, yeah, like that. I'm really amazed by that ability to just like churn out these, you know, like healthy hour and 40 films. And yes, in this one, we could, we could agree that. It needs to be lengthened in certain areas and definitely like other areas could definitely be thrown in. Mm. Yeah. In the garbage for sure. Uh, But that first bit and I I found myself writing down so many uh, quotes. I felt like Mm -hmm. I felt like um, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard in her like Oracle. Is it Bryce Dallas? I did Bryce that. Yeah. I did Dallas. that. I did that immediately. I was like, I know that. Kevin. Um, Come all on. Of, all, of, all of Ron Howard's kids have middle names of the places where they were conceived. So Beautiful. There you go. We'll never mess hey. that up again. Thank you for that <laughs> fact. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ron, all, we didn't need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> all, of, all of her little like oracle nuggets that she throws in there. And I'm like, oh, wow, like that was so well said. This is so well said. She's like very wise beyond her her years and, you know, pushes along this like very hopeful side of an otherwise mm-hmm. like uh, community that's going through a lot. And you're like, Oh, well, man, at least she might find love. And like, she's got all this agency and she has a whole life ahead of her and everything like that. She's going to go on this adventure, yada, yada, yada. I just found myself really like rooting for her and rooting Absolutely. for, um, the movie <laughs> I was just like come on like let's go like come on M. Night. please be good yeah like keep <laughs> keep writing me into this thing like I am ready for it you have, you're writing all these like golden nuggets and I'm ready for you to keep bringing me along this journey that um I, I don't think I I feel like that in a lot of films and I think that 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 hour and that that journey is worth um is worth it for like people to to experience and to go on and to see like the 
heights the movie can reach and, and where they can obviously falter. Uh, and what that does to an otherwise well-crafted piece of storytelling. So it's a bag? It's a bag. It's a bag. I'm bagging it. I mean, I definitely, like, I came there off a little go. bit worse putting it in the bag. Imagine if he just said all of that and he was like, it's was a like, biff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's no. a bag for the village. That is a bag for the yeah. village. And I'm happy. I, I mean, yeah, a mixed, ba- a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy <laughs> a with tr- that as well. A mixed bag of some kind was what I was um, keen on. Yeah, I hope now that he's gone back to, like, some good grace because of Split and Glass that he would, like, revisit this kind of yeah. narrative again because I mean he's not untalented talking of revisiting really the, the visit is also one of his uh, his good oh, that's ones right. as well yes, that's right yeah. yeah it's about creepy grandparents that one Ooh. I saw the trailer and it looked way too scary for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hear I hear that that series I hear I hear that his venture into the series realm is a success Mm. Oh yeah, he's he's producing one. Is that right? Uh, there's he's one on Apple TV. I think it. it what's it called? It, it's like it's a, not the village. <laughs> oh, it's something about like a, a kid being like demonic or, or yeah. I think or it's like yeah that. right. I think it's like people that can't conceive getting a doll and then like treating it like a real kid. And I've heard that's right. I've heard from uh, you know some trusted sources that it is well worth a watch and that it does nice. do a lot of what M Night should focus on over like a longer period of time. Cool. As cool. a final thought, now that I like I know we're g- getting into social media, is that like I keep thinking now about like um, <laughs> like this film and that new meme twenty twenty. My plans in 2020, The Divide. Yeah. I just think could totally do it for this film. James, <laughs> get on it. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Let's put that on the socials. And yeah. where can you find those socials, James? Well, you can find us at MixBagPod on Twitter, MixBagPodcast on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at MixBagContact at gmail.com. And make sure that you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're really Five reading. Stars. Yeah, we really like reading out what you've got to say. Yes. We haven't checked lately, so maybe so, we'll yeah. have a couple more <laughs> for our next episode. Always, always a possibility. And what Kevin. is our next episode? Matt, do you want to intro our new season well next week we're going to be studying the the wonderful world of miss meryl streep miss meryl yes. streep our greatest star of 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 the late star 20th of good cent- movies star yeah, of bad movies yeah star, star of mixed, mixed movies, movies. <laughs> like m- name me a meryl streep film and convince me it's not mixed like <laughs> fantastic we- mr fox that's one <laughs> oh my god! Wow, we could, we've, we've, yeah, That's we've got to at least do three films for this, but we, we yeah. might do quite a few more. <laughs> what are we, what are we kicking off with? Mamma Mia! We're starting big, and then, and then we'll, we'll get into some, some, some Meryl uh, deep cuts for non-film people. Maybe I don't know. I to me, they're just like minor work, but I guess. Some people are not familiar, but we'll see. We'll see how we go. Kevin, <laughs> shade can... in that comment, Matt. <laughs> Kevin, because oh. we have you here, what are your quick thoughts on Meryl? Goddess, um, <laughs> truly, like, uh, yeah, just any stage of her career, I just, I find her, like, stunning, both as a person and as an actress, and just can't really take my eyes off her. I honestly, like, I was singing Mamma Mia all day today, so this is, like, a very eerie coincidence. Love it. I can say that I had no idea that this was going to be a part of the show, but... Um, I've never seen the film, so oh, whoa. I, 
will be tuning in as a listener after I, I give it my own little watch. All yes, right. you better do it. Um, and where can we find you if you want to yeah, be found? If you would like course. to be found <laughs> on the internet. Uh, I, like your social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I rock around on Twitter. You don't Twitter. have to. Oh, yeah, no, I rock around on Twitter. That's at kcarn7. And cool. I am Instagram less and will probably remain that way. And otherwise, I'm a bit of a, 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 bit of a social media nomad. So. I'll pop, up, cool, I'll pop up in a, you know, in a comment here and, you know, a random status here, a random podcast here. So love yeah. it. Nice. Very grateful for well, this. Thanks so much. y'all. Thanks this is for amazing. stopping by. Thank you so, Thank much, you so much for joining yeah. us. Awesome. It's been great to chat with you. Yeah. And yeah, a very yeah. good choice of film to bring to the podcast. Yeah, so mm. it's the one film for the Karn Film Festival. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully more in the future. We're always oh, welcome for guests to come back. The can for It only um, works in our accent. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for walking through the village with me. Honestly, that was very. Uh, that's what. That's what I needed. That was. That was lovely. All right. All well, right. thank you, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Bye. y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.